Welcome to the right click guys. On this platform you will enhance your knowledge in planning, development and related topics. Here we talk about planning in urban or transport or social infrastructure and many more related topics. We invite guests from some of the most prestigious backgrounds and various areas of expertise. Today's topic is about the inequality in country and what urban planning has to offer us. Let me share a story with you first. This story is about Pratima, a 32-year-old lady who lives with her husband and 14-year-old daughter in the city of Patna in Bihar in the eastern India. The family belongs to a marginalized group and lives in one of the Patna's urban slums. Pratima lost her twin babies through delays and poor treatment after she gave birth at her local government. When she became pregnant, Pratima wasn't able to get the maternal health services she needed or the correct advice to prepare for a safe pregnancy and childbirth. Though there is a public primary uh, you know, health center barely 500 meters from her house, it is not equipped to provide uh, antenatal care. In the 8th month of her pregnancy, she experienced severe contractions and went to the primary health center. She was compelled to wait for hours before an operation was performed. Her baby girl was already dead, but her newborn son was still alive. As he was very weak, Pratima and her husband had to find an incubator in a private clinic and ran up a huge debt in order to pay for treatment. When the money ran out, their son was sent back to the government clinic, ultimately where he died a few days later. This story clearly states that while India is one of the fastest growing economies in the world, it is also one of the most unequal countries. In fact, it's not only about India. You can see this unequal treatment all across the globe. But we have definitely, uh, you know, in one of the worst ones. Now we can get all emotional and just move to another such million stories. But in this episode, we are going to go a little bit deeper into it. Let's understand this issue from a more technical and more of a planning perspective. So today our guest is Ms. Hanit Kaur. She is a geographer, urban planner with on-field and academia experience of 12 years. She is currently an assistant professor in Sushant School of Planning and Development at Sushant University. She has a practical knowledge of working in role team model and project manager in various consultancy companies handling projects like city development plans, detailed project reports, and master plans. Her area of interest are social town planning, inclusive town planning, indigenous community planning. So let's welcome her. Hello, ma'am. Welcome to the right click. Thank you, Kartek, for the wonderful uh, introduction you have given to me. Thank you so much and thank you for uh, calling me for this podcast session. Thank you I so hope much. this will be uh, quite fruitful for the listeners. I hope that too, ma'am. Thank you so much for, for coming here. Ma'am, just to give a little idea to our listeners, can you tell us how big this issue really is? Like in what numbers or as in what your idea is for how, how serious is this? Uh, Karthik, if we think about uh, social inequalities, and if we see the root cause of the social inequality, is it's quite deeper. If we see during our Vedas also, there were segments of, uh, you know, sections of, economic sections of people. Like uh, we can see Kshatriyas, we can see Shudras. And mm-hmm. the root cause of the problem lies since our, uh, you know, ancestral roots. And it still persists. The dilemma of the situation is that even after so much of development and uh, education coming into India, still we 
uh, we treat uh, uh, segregation as an important component we even uh, you know we, you can see that in quite urban houses we we talk about that no no we we don't discriminate between the uh, caste we don't do that but in on ground realities in our actions in our habits yes. we see that inequality you know getting functional and if we see it through a planning perspective or if we see it through a, a perception of a city development or a, or a regional development we can see different mohallas according to the caste khatiko ka mohalla we can yes. see you know we can see the segregation in different areas within the layout of the city so uh, this can you know this can be done uh, if the thought process or the awareness or intermingling of the social classes are done these can be removed this can be removed to a certain extent but if we if we want to you know eradicate this issue if we just want to have a social equality then we have to function uh, from the uh, perspective of giving the opportunity to the people we mm-hmm. we have seen in past that uh, there there are uh, you know areas where special reservations are given to different caste sections uh, and due to those reservations certainly uh, you know the uh, mainstream inclusion of these exclude excluded sections of the people are there but when after these reservations they they entered into the mainstream they are right now working on the very uh you know reputed uh, designations and forms and governmental agencies but on ground realities the economic inequality is still there the difference between haves and have not is still there we can see the there's social inequality and economic inequality going hand in hand there are people who are socially excluded there are people who are economically excluded also we can see different classes hig mig lig ews and even you know below poverty line people who are very economically weak so when we are planning a city we have to you know uh, cautiously work over these inequalities we have to uh, cautiously observe the reasons of these inequalities and this can only happen when we actually enter on ground see on ground situation understand what they really want where the lacuna is where you know the missing lattice is there in the planning procedure so planning procedure has to be uh, revamped the pa- planning paradigm has to be revamped so you're saying that in some ways uh, there is there is always segment in our society in our villages in our urban sectors as well so uh, but well, that's quite scary in like in itself it's very scary situations in oh, in is, fact it is, it is yes, quite we... scary because you know uh, all these inequality lead to all the anti social activities also hmm yes ma'am you can say so in a way it also kind of influences the crime rates and yes uh, yes. yes 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 it ma'am. does because if you... we if we are planning dead areas right mm-hmm. if we are planning areas where uh, we we uh, are not uh, you know diluting this uh, exclusion we are not diluting the segregation then mm-hmm. ultimately there will be a competition between the two caste systems there will be conflict between the two caste systems 
and that we can easily see uh, you know on ground realities when there are uh, cases we read in the news or uh, we uh, we we acquaintance with the situation where a particular caste is fighting with the another caste or there are murders happening so all all these are because we are not cautious about uh, you know intermingling of the society we are not giving the spaces for intermingleness for the people with, who are who are consciously you know segregating themselves from the other community so ma'am in a way like uh, we can understand this when india got independence and everything got settled you know so we can understand that it was a uh, like very unplanned and very kind of new situation for whole country as in general uh, <laughs> but like after so many independent like years this is still such a big issue yes um, on and... ground reality the, this is a big issue if we if we uh, you know recall our independence Yes, the independence itself took place on segregation of two communities exactly yeah right so yeah uh, i don't want to take the names right now it would be a public issue then but <laughs> uh, yes uh, there was segregation the independence itself was based on the segregation of the two communities and i won't say that uh, the planning perspective in india started way back before independence and uh, it has been taken uh, consideration more on physical aspect hmm more on yes. physical aspect if you see the planned countries or planned areas during the independence until now they have somehow you know uh, quite ignored the social aspect of the city they have more concentrated about the physical aspect like if you see the hierarchical system of uh, r7 roads in chandigarh if you see mm -hmm. the chandigarh planning if you if you see luton's mm -hmm. delhi okay so uh, they 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 are very beautiful cities and they are very beautiful areas but uh, if we see have they considered any aspect or any consideration about the social uh, arena no they haven't Mm, yes, ma'am. Exactly. So you can see the differences, but in a one kilometer radius, you can see the richest of richest, and you can see the poorest of poorest. In yeah. uh, like, so that in... is why I I I am saying that the paradigm and the basic procedure which we follow as a planner, you know, there there is a procedure, there is a guideline which we follow. So that that should be you know uh, revamped, and we should we should think about changing the paradigm in planning. Yes, but ma'am, in general, when we have, you know, when we see discussions, when we see discussion forums or articles, you know, the discussions can kind of tend towards more towards, you know, urban governance in general and the process of delegating to the sidelines, the planning aspects of the city. So, ma'am, my question is like, do you think how like city planning is as important as in urban governance, and what's your like thought process on that? Karthik, I would say that uh, urban governance cannot work in isolation if urban planning is not done. if urban hmm. planning is done then and it that plan is implemented on ground then only the role of urban governance come how to run that implemented plan how to run the you know city that so both these aspects goes hand in hand okay so now the dilemma of the situation over here is what that the plans or urban planning procedure are influenced by the bureaucrats yes Okay, so on ground reality, what happens that fine today is an X company's governance, uh, you know, X political party's governance, which is there in a particular mm. state, and they mm. have planned a particular project. Okay, now after okay. five years, 
uh, and planning procedure takes time you know uh, it takes time one or two years and if the uh, planning procedure st is started in the mid uh, you know tenure of that particular party's uh, governance then after that midterm when the uh, new elections are done if the another party comes up you know what the dilemma is that they scrap the project because if uh, they continue that project it could affect their vote banks right definitely and yes. and this particular situation is very visible in uh, mumbai if you see that every year there is an urban flooding happening in mumbai Mm -hmm. and it is not it that it is not that mumbai's master plan does not have storm water drain proposals in that but somehow it is not implemented there because uh, after every tenure there is the difference in you know the governmental procedure so this urban governance issue lies due to the uh, you know the democratic setup we are in there the bureaucrats and executive goes goes hand in hand even when we plan in many areas we can see that the plans are influenced by the bureaucrats where they are they they own their land okay so they want to give a particular land use which can extend the value of their land you are understanding the issue yes ma'am exactly and uh, like i can now recall one research paper i read a month ago i guess so that was actually about central government uh, as you give example of mumbai it was uh, for general rm so they had changed its so many structures in at central level as well i'm yeah. i'm not sure that how like how strong that research paper was or what it's uh, you know uh, equity but still there uh, i can see like we all can see these changes and this, when our party changes or when our governance changes it changes a lot of things at planning aspects as well yeah because so, these yeah. are ground realities karthik and yeah. if we ignore these ground realities happening around our mm -hmm. plans cannot be authentic they won't be accepted by the people and if plans are not accepted by the people then uh, you know they, that 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 particular project get failed if that particular project fail it is the uh, you know wastage of money time and resources and a very very good example of this you know very evident example not good example i would quote sorry <laughs> evident example for this is brts in delhi oh uh, brts in delhi was planned just as the random you know uh, will oh, of yes. some of the bureaucrats hmm. and they haven't planned it properly it was just a stretch of brts and today you go to delhi that whole stretch of uh, brts is full of traffic congestion hmm So nobody is even using that BRT yesterday, uh, you know, line. So these are the yes, these are the few examples of you know failure of the planning projects, which happens on ground reality, because we don't consider the need of the people. Urban governance is surely uh, you know the urban governance and urban planning. Yeah. They have to understand what is the need of the people. Is there a need of a particular project to come up? that need analysis has to be done so basically urban planning has to take the aspect of governance also in, uh, so because governance in general it is inbuilt yes. urban governance is inbuilt they they are not mm. separate arenas yep. they they go hand in hand yes ma'am yeah. yeah exactly so uh, ma'am like an extended version of it would be like uh, when we study about various infrastructure as you told about like uh, this 
this solid waste management in a city or like infrastructure for public development or medical services so ma'am do you think that planning for these uh, like they seem unrelated planning aspects uh, do they also contribute towards inequality in any way uh these are not uh, i wouldn't say that they are unrelated planning aspects these are the sub aspects of uh, an urban planning when we when we provide infrastructure mm-hmm. okay so th- these are the few activities we do when we plan a city in, when we you know make a master plan of the city mm-hmm. now what happens on ground reality while making master plans we are not competent enough to uh, count the numbers of in migrants okay okay yes. so in the flow of in migrants happens in a particular city and the actual users of these infrastructure increases and it lays on a burden of the on these infrastructure and maybe the okay. yeah and maybe the planning committee might have not guessed it that these many migrants or you know that kind of immigration would yeah because because they they if they if, if they even project in migrants they their numbers are uncertain Hmm. the numbers are uncertain we cannot control you know human movement exactly yep we cannot control human movement so and the plan planning procedure itself takes one and a, one and a, one and a half year to make a particular plan for next 20 years okay so for for and and you know uh, projecting and my in migrant uh, population for next 20 years depend on what pull factors you are giving in your plan okay so if the pull factors are more like these infrastructures are you know they are uh, they are attracting people to come and live there and earn their livelihood and grow in their living standard then the uh, quantum of in migrant should also be counted because this certainly leads to inequality i'll give you a very evident example yes ma'am like if we can see that maximum of labor class come from bihar to delhi northern india for their livelihood hmm right yes, and when they come up here they they don't have a specific place to live so they they squat on the empty vacant land and those squatters turns up into slum areas hmm. right hmm. and they depend they for their you know daily necessity they depend on water supply sewage condition which are running nearby those slum areas yes okay so this this gives a total transition within a city this gives a total you know inequality in economic inequality i must say that economic inequality within a city yes ma'am right so and it is very visible we can see so many you know uh, slum areas emerging organically within a city year after year so if if we if we obviously if we uh, you know project or if we speculate the in migrants depending on what pull factors we are giving in our plan then mm-hmm. we will be ready for accommodating these mm-hmm. in migrants and then inequality won't exist inequality in terms of users for these infrastructure yes ma'am and in fact i guess we have to like uh... not only this predict them we also have to like keep in check like in very short periods so as to maybe accommodate for- we have to review our plans yes review in fre- infrequent you know time intervals we have to review our plans and what are its uh, you know the progress on field on ground yes yeah, yeah. 
Ma'am, uh, we uh, before uh, you know uh, we invited you, we talked about Pritima's story in our in our session. So who okay. who is from Bihar? And it's clear, like you also suggested, and your ideas, we can clearly say that how planning can impact greatly on economies of a state or municipal. Ma'am, uh, I want to see like how you know how this issues of planning can actually be seen in gender specific issues or how can that be prevented is there any relevance or is there any relation towards that as well yeah 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 certainly uh, kartik when we plan a particular city we we give different land uses right okay, okay. Yes. and those land uses what what is a land use it is a particular land which defines the usability of that land yes ma'am right and okay. now since you know uh, the times are changing women are coming out of their household and doing a multiple uh, you know multitasking activities they they are working they are uh, even taking care of their households they are into social uh, uh, you know uh, social gatherings also mm-hmm. all those things mm-hmm. so if when we are planning if we if we particular consider about uh, each and every gender i'm not talking just particularly about women because mm-hmm. um, i'm not i'm not uh, talking about feminism right here yes okay mm-hmm. i i i am talking about if we consider each and every uh, age structure mm-hmm. uh, like children like youngsters like you know teenagers like old age if we talk about each and every gender each and every gender they and what are their needs what they want in making their daily life comfortable what facilities and utilities they want in making their daily you know routine run in a progressive manner and according to their those needs and desires if we provide land uses yes. then we can certainly eradicate this you know gender issue i'll give you an example like if if we provide crutch you know the number of crutches as per the women employability in a particular city mm-hmm. uh, it will or or if we are providing anganwadis so then it ca- it has a great help for uh, you know working women who who are you know working also and who are more concerned about okay what my child might be doing at this hour use khana khaya nahi khaya so all those things all those things can be taken care of if you're providing if you're providing open spaces if you're providing specific open spaces for retired people where they can you know uh, enjoy uh, the nature uh, the way they can you know chit chat among themselves yes. and you know yeah all all these things all these things have to be included in uh, you know planning and this can only include if we if we uh synchronize the physical planning and social planning together yes ma'am again that that actually gives opportunity for you know social inclusion and giving opportunity for collaboration that's yeah yeah that yeah, yeah. that cohesion is very much needed in today's time yes we cannot make plan by sitting in our you know ac offices mm-hmm. on on a particular software treating land as a box uh, as a square or a trapezium or a you know rectangle mm-hmm. and putting the blocks here and there and then the plan is done no and sorry mm-hmm. that's a, that's a wrong practice you have to step out of your office you have to talk to people you have to talk to people who are suffering who who are actually you know experiencing that inequality 
whose daily routine is you know suffered because of that inequality and what do they need because as a planner kartik we cannot be biased towards one community definitely not yes we we have to be unbiased towards each and every individual in a particular city or a region for whom we are planning yes ma'am yeah. so these uh, you know uh, when i think about it the podcast or any content that we produce uh, i see that uh, these contents are produced these articles are written and such stories are obviously created uh, but unless and only we go to the ground and we you know had this uh, one to one uh, discussion with these people um, it won't change like uh, you know to uh, you know change significantly at least to have a better version of our society a better version of our yeah. country yeah because because it is said na karne se hota hai hmm exactly yes unless we are on ground we talk to them we realize hmm. what their problems are we cannot solve their problems like i i always say to my students that as doctor treats anatomy of a body a planner treats anatomy of a city wow that's such a great right. yeah. yeah so so that anatomy can be treated only if you identify or diagnose the disease and for that you have to get on ground yeah i i think no one will forget this relation this relevant <laughs> is amazing how you put together wow thank you thank yeah. you um uh it was amazing and we got such the best part was we got so many great live examples and it was superbly amazing uh, to talk to you ma'am and thank you thank you so very much for your time and thank you kartik thank you for thank giving you. me this opportunity to share yeah. my thoughts with you and with the listeners thank you so much thank you so very much and we hope to create such more stories and such more uh, information sure, sure. knowledge for our listeners Sure, sure, sure. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, thank you so much. All right, guys. So with the session, I would like to conclude this episode. Although before ending, I'd like to share our vision, vision of Rightclick and Sushant University. that is innovative pedagogy international academic and research engagements and impacting policy and practice i am kartik oshish signing off here hope you enjoy this episode we'll be back with more soon